0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. Xander Nori and Kian Kajavi Nori are Orange County, California's dynamic duo of design. This all in partnership is both very personal and professional. As you listen to these two talk about how they met and how they work, you'll see that this partnership is built on and thrives on contrast, conviction, and perhaps a little conflict. They each have their professional lane in which they try to remain. And there's a great deal of respect each has for the other, and each compensates for the other, sometimes grudgingly so. This was a truly fun conversation, and I think you will find it especially interesting to hear not just about the design, but their product development and the never-ending desire to travel abroad to the industry's most storied design-focused events. And speaking of storied design-focused events, it's October and in addition to all the things we love about fall, one of our favorite design events is here, and Convo by Design, presented by Snyder Diamond, is proud to be working with the West Edge Design Fair again this year. Please make plans to attend this year's event at Santa Monica's Barker Hangar, October 18th through the 21st, and stop by the Convo by Design programming lounge designed by Julia Wong Designs. The goal was simple, provide compelling conversations for the trade and design enthusiasts alike. That's it, so this year you will be hearing from remarkable professionals spanning multiple industries in an effort to offer new ideas and actionable concepts. Get your tickets and additional information at (laughs) WestEdgeDesignFair.com. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond and has been since episode number one. Snyder Diamond is always first, with what's next in the kitchen and bath. That's the philosophy of second-generation president Russ Diamond. He travels the world looking for the appliances, fixtures, and finishes for the kitchen and bath that allow designers and architects to create amazing spaces for their clients. Products like those from Mila. I recently toured the Mila showroom and was stunned, really, by all of the amazing products that Mila has to offer, from coffee machines to ovens, ranges, hoods, Combust steam ovens, washers, dryers, dishwashers, all made with that immer besser philosophy hard coded into the very DNA of this family owned and operated company since their founding in 1899. Mila products are made to serve and built to last. They possess the form and function you expect, and they were created with the future in mind. The technology integrated into these appliances remarkable, and they were designed to work seamlessly together, all to make life that much easier. Now, combine this world-class product with the standard bearer in customer service, Snyder Diamond Service is here for you, and you have a powerful partnership. Find out more at any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond showrooms, and check out some fantastic limited-time offers and promotions from Mila while you're there. You can also learn more at com. How long have you guys been working together? And and how did the partnership come together?
1: Well, I think it's safe to say it started in 2006 when he insulted me at school and I tried to get him expelled. <laughs> and um, that's putting it mildly and uh, fluffy-like uh, story-wise. But um, that's when we met. And pretty much it, it was through our... Um, Uh, department chair that really brought us together and said you know you'd be a great partnership you talk really well and present very well and he has he's um, uh, an incredible artist that has um, a a hand that is (laughs) unbelievable and it it was very true and annoying because that was polar opposite of me and seeing him uh, like whip up a drawing or a sketch or a floor plan in two seconds and then me struggling throughout everything was sad but we bounced off each other very well
2: so we met in design school because he didn't answer the question.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look at this. This is a great partnership. You're, you're totally picking up. Where, where did you guys go to design school?
1: Uh, FIDM
2: um, uh, the, in Los Angeles. The Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in downtown LA.
1: And I started off in the Orange County campus and then met up with him uh, and in LA um, during, I think it was your finishing up your first year or second year. Yeah, it was your second year, uh, I'm sorry, finishing up your first year, going into your second year, that's when we kind of met.
2: And then we loved it so much, we decided to uh, continue on with their bachelor program there. And they have an interesting uh, business management program that's geared towards
1: creative industries.
2: So we both went through that and did
1: that. We ended up actually having so much fun developing friendships and partnerships with other people through that program that really sparked... Uh, an extra credit project of opening up a, um, a business to see how you go you go about things and next thing you know and what is it like 12 13 years later it's still going <laughs> but that was uh, a lot of bumps along the yeah, way a lot of bumps and a, a lot, lot of uh
2: a lot of um segues and so.
1: it, th- that's pretty much what i had been doing and then uh, while Xander uh, was, uh, b- he was a, a head creative director for another firm for eight years and um, then eventually joined me and we created a new company and that's how we ended up being
0: official business partners. 50. When you, started, when you started doing business together, who decided which part of the business the other was going to do?
2: Well, Keon is really the brains and the brawn of everything.
0: He's just
1: saying that because he I'm more <laughs> of a I'm more of a pencil of pusher. <laughs>
2: I'm more of the pencil pusher, uh the the sort of creative. But we but we're both very creative and we we definitely you know n- neither one of us really has veto power when we're doing a project. We we work very collaboratively. Um Keon is also very good with clients and um so just the conversation of of you know going going through the design with them and and all of that, um, and and I very much more enjoy putting the design together um, in the office, and so we just play off of each other really well. I think.
0: So Kian, you like you like being in front of clients more, and Xander, you don't.
1: Well, it's funny because the ongoing joke between the two of us, both of us together, we make one good solid person because um, (laughs) it's a matter of understanding things from a different vector and not just saying things uh, in one direction. And a lot of things that I miss, he picks up on, and vice versa. The nuances of everything. So we bounce off each other, and we kind of, at the end of every meeting, we compare notes like, this is what they said, this is my perception of things. So,
2: for example, many of our clients are um, Persian, Middle Eastern. Many of them are American. So sometimes we'll, we'll go to a meeting, and half the meeting is like in Farsi. And I'm trying to, and I speak Farsi a little bit because, you know, when somebody speaks Farsi to you enough, you start to pick it
1: up. Um, but he actually reads and writes uh, Farsi fluently, but uh, but doesn't know what he's doing. Still, sometimes. Uh, so he reads it to me, <laughs> and I, he says, "What does that say?" And I have—it's uh, embarrassing because I have forgotten how to read and write Farsi, but I know I can speak it fluently. So between the two of us, we make one good Persian too out of the deal. <laughs> but that's a whole different other story, for <laughs> I guess for a different podcast. So
2: so there are those those instances where we're in a meeting, and I'm trying to keep up and understand, you know, what's really going on, and. Um, you know, so much is lost in, in the nuance, but, um, there's, that, that's kind of the, um, the part where he, you know, he's really strong in, in speaking with the clients that way and Farsi and being bilingual, you know, a hundred percent. And I'm more of, um, sort of putting everything together and making sure it's all buttoned up. And so.
1: And one, one <laughs> other thing that he really does um, I guess we kind of do it in our own ways, but he can tell a problem a mile away, uh, from as far as detail. Whether he's like laying out the kitchen layout or doing something, versus I'm more spatial or special orientation, what needs to go where. He, he'll tell you, he'll tell all of us at the meeting, this is not the way it's yeah. going to work out logistically, and we're like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, and we're like, oh wow, he's right. So... <laughs> <laughs> As being a person as perfect as me who 's never wrong um, you it kind of uh, stings every now and then but it's i 'm happy to have that because it prevents a massive problem from occurring yeah that 's true
0: so would you say you primarily work in orange county? is that where the pri- where the majority of your projects are
1: right now, the majority of our projects are in orange county yes newport coast area shady County, and those are for people who are familiar with um Irvine, Orange County um, area. It's kind of nice because it's everything is very
2: localized to our studio, and um, you 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 sort of learn all of the CCNRs and the 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 way that the associations work down there. There's a lot of politics. That go into you know just getting additions put on homes and remodels and even getting like colors approved for the exterior and um, you know plant locations and all of that. it's all very um, controlled planned um,
0: out. and planned out. Well, and I wanted to ask you about that because you know Orange County, a lot of people if you're if you're outside the state of California and even in Northern California, but if you're outside of California in general, and someone says L.A. That's L.A., it's Orange County, it's the yeah. Inland Empire, it's Ventura, this, this it's... sprawling mass of... Y- you're there. Everything yeah. from everything from Ventura to San Diego is L.A. Yeah, and I right? think of right? that. Exactly.
2: I mean, sometimes I think of it like that, too. Like, I tell people, like, we're from L.A., so that they kind of know where I am, because if I say that I'm from Orange County or Newport Beach, they don't
0: really... They're like, and where is that? You know? Okay. Well, so what I, the point that I was making, though, was really interesting, and, and you brought this up, and it's it's distinct... To Orange County, you know, Irvine is a completely planned out community. Yeah. Everything about that city.
1: We have left turn signals. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say. And boulevards that you can actually drive. So down. <laughs> nothing against LA. We I'm just love LA, that.
2: but it's kind of an urban jungle. Like you come up here and you've got to, you've got to have your defenses on because you don't, you know, you've got to be ready for that person to jump in front of your car
0: or. <laughs> so wait a minute. You bring up a very very good point. You're absolutely right. There's this there's this balance that has to be reach this this there's this dichotomy that exists where you'll have like an Irvine for example where you you'll have you've got left turn signals you've got wide streets you've got very very similar looking neighborhoods you've got yeah, very v- and very it is, yeah. and by by the way that can be great but it can also be homogenous yes yeah. absolutely right so and a bit boring yeah it, it can it, be
1: it, it could be very like uh Drum and uh, tiring over time. And, you know, we, we just did coming here today. We're like, oh, my God, this is like going to a different country because uh, <laughs> driving down the, the, the freeway, you see so many different, so much diversity, uh, not that it's absent from Orange County, but it's a little bit more cleaned up and it, it's yeah. more uniformed. We travel a, a ton, so we're
2: always overseas. And it, Irvine's a great place, Orange County, to come back to because it's just so easy and so fresh. Um, I would say the majority of our projects are not in those like sprawling, um, homogenized communities. Most of them are in... There's a couple communities um, that are sort of coastal, that are um, much more like custom homes. I mean, they have to still meet all of those uh, Orange County requirements with the associations, but uh, you can be more creative, um, especially with the interiors where you know it's kinda of.
1: and in all honesty we do love LA I, I was born in Cedar Sinai right down the street I'm uh, I grew up in Beverly Hills he's an import yeah I, LA I, accepts I like to point all that time. out to everybody <laughs> he, he you know entered the business partnership so he can get citizenship to California from where it comes from <laughs> I'm just saying um, he's from Arizona originally but uh, uh, and lived in Utah for a, a bit but it, this is kind of a it's a beautiful place to visit for us but not necessarily to live in
0: no you know what I, I totally get that and i've moved around a fair amount as well and had a house once in texas more than once but this particular house was in a um planned community there was an association there were ccnrs there were things that yep. oh my goodness you know what's funny i don't i don't know that i could ever live like that again and I bring that up because it's got to be interesting for you guys because as designers you have to deal with it. it's not your house but you have, we to, have de- to deal with that yeah. yeah how do you manage that well I mean, you
2: just do I mean've we're so used to it. it we were we were just in, in Charleston South Carolina and they you know a lot of parts of the country they have the same kind of thing but it's with the historical community and the preservation community so in Charleston it's even more strict because they actually regulate the colors that you can paint on the inside of the homes if you're in, you know, certain areas. And so I thought, oh my gosh, we have it easy. Like we just have to worry about how it looks on the outside with these associations and things.
1: And um, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I've actually for 14 years have served on a board or another of an association I'm one of them but I I did it for two reasons because uh, I saw that the community originally that I purchased into was falling apart and I wanted to do something about it and the other thing is I was very curious about how the system works and having an in not an insider view but like seeing things from the other side I have a different um, understanding and appreciation for it very frustrating one but when dealing with clients that, I don't want to say gives me an edge up, but I know exactly what to do to prevent problems and make things more fluid and streamlined yeah. for them in that area of the world.
0: And it's really interesting that you say that, and I appreciate that you do. I, I, I can share this one story because I remember it like it was yesterday in Dallas in a subdivision called Valley Ranch, which is where our house was. It was 1997, and we wanted a direct vent fireplace, so we didn't want the tall fireplace we didn't want the chimney for the style of the house and inside we wanted the ceilings to go all the way up and we didn't want to have a chimney put in the middle of the room breaking it up that we just didn't want that and we learned about what you know how to make a direct vent fireplace work and it was go out the side and it was perfect the vent would be right around six feet and we had to go to a meeting and we had to go in front of the board and we had to fight for this while in design And I will remember this like it happened yesterday. The dude was sitting there and we we explained what we wanted to do and our builder explained how they were going to do it. And the guy looked at me, this is in Texas, and he looked at me and he said, that may be how they do it in California, Uh (laughs) but that's not how we do it here in Texas. Okay, why? Because that's not how we do it here in Texas? I mean, that was the answer I got. And then one of the other members of the board said, besides, you know, a child who's playing outside can burn themselves on the direct vent. It's six feet high. What child is going gonna, is gonna to straddle a six-foot-high yeah. brick wall to hit the vent? My Only point in is, Texas. <laughs> my point is, though, that you have, you have had to hear similar things before when dealing with boards.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've had a, um, a client that wanted to put uh, balustrades in front of their house, which didn't really complement the architecture or anything, but they wanted and there was like a, it was a moot point and it was going to happen whether we involve, get involved or not. And explaining that to the association when it's fully in their right to do it, getting them on board was like an act of Congress in and of itself. Um, but I I do understand and I've I've been there. I know exactly what you mean.
2: Yeah, they look for, a lot of times, like in your case, they might have just said no to you and not really had a reason because they didn't want it to become um, something that they would have to prove for everybody. If
1: if it sets a precedent. it sets a precedent, yeah.
0: yeah, Interesting point. So, you know, Xander, you and I met um, at Modernism Week. And you know that's another situation in here in California, you know where you will have. Well, that wasn't a color that was widely used. In, okay, so basically, what you're telling me is everything has to be either avocado, or what? Harvest gold? Isn't that the other one? Right. Yeah. Right. From from the '60s. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. I don't. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, I'm sure. Um, I'm not
2: sure if they have associations out there
0: in the in the in the. Yeah, I don't know if they do either. But what's really interesting is. The concept of a Palm Springs, where you've got this mid-century modern architecture that has just been dormant and slumbering for decades, and then all of a sudden, the attention is, is phenomenal. It's, it's fascinating, and it makes you wonder, and it makes you think, you know, here in Southern California, not just in LA, but in Southern California, all of the architecture that disappears
1: yes and you know the funny thing is in the past uh, I want to say 10 months we've been in 9 countries he actually stayed in uh, practically lived in Vietnam for two and a half months and that was one thing we were talking about uh, as far as when you go to these other places they you they don't architecture doesn't disappear and it doesn't get remodeled gutted and moved on you have a lot of continuity of it and there's um, modifications and adaptation but it really doesn't uh, divert yeah. uh, very much, and when you 're in more in preservation of architecture you 're starting to see it in l a um, and also you see a lot of beautiful architecture that is th- they think about it like this is going to be in for the long haul versus this is going to go up, and in ten years it 'll be torn down, um, which in middle Eastern culture is very common after four years but it 's that 's a whole
0: different ball of hats. But no, it isn 't because the the population. <laughs> In in those communities is fairly large here. Yes. So you have to kind of deal with that. How do you? As a as someone who has an appreciation for architecture and and design, how do you? We
2: how? always try to respect the architecture. So even if it's like a Wallace Neff style, like what you think of Orange County, um, California Mediterranean style community and architecture, you have to respect that. You can't just move in and put up like a Greek villa and uh, and so. Or columns or and so sometimes associations on your side so you're just kinda
1: like well I'm sorry we can't do that <laughs> and um, one thing that I love that Xander does is he goes into a space and he sits there and he lets the, like the walls speak to him in a way and I know this sounds kinda quirky and weird but it you really want you don't want the thing you're introducing new the new elements to clash with the current architecture you wanna have that flow rhythm that's already there just enhance it in different ways so whether you pick uh, something of that same styling but in a different texture, feeling, uh, sheen, color, whatever, but it, it still plays off of the architecture um, versus when you see a lot of Orange County homes, it looks like either cookie-cutter restoration hardware or it fell out of uh, yeah. the Tuscany, which is not, nothing against that, but I mean, there's no, uh, there's no diversity. Okay, wait a
0: minute. I hold the phone for a second. <laughs> Whenever someone says nothing against that... Or with all due respect yeah. or I don't mean to be insulting <laughs> let's be honest for a second 80s Mediterranean there is something wrong with that there's a lot of things wrong with that and yeah. part of part of the benefit here is that you know you guys are you're on the front lines you have an opportunity and, and I we've talked about it you know I've seen it you you want to fix that and you try and it's not always it's not always easy but and that's a, that was one thing I was going to ask you guys about your partnership and about the the manner in which you work with clients. How do you how do you help your clients understand that you know, maybe this isn't necessarily right for this generation of architecture or or maybe you know, maybe Mediterranean isn't it, or the way that you're envisioning it isn't quite right. What if we do this? What's your approach? Because I've talked to designers and architects and everyone's got their Everyone own approach. Has a yeah.
1: He has it down pat and uh, I will say when he talks to clients, he says, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll consider that. <laughs> and that's when you're like, totally dead point they just don't oh, know it Kion yet. know always
2: says whenever i say oh that's interesting yeah that's
1: like, like it's like a, a catastrophe it's yeah a, a, a terrible <laughs> it's it's like a tragedy but
2: no I, you have to because see they're aspirational they're looking to their own lives and you're trying to enhance their life you're looking at where they've been where they are and where you want to take them and sometimes all they really know is like you know if they if they were a child of of the the you know 70s 80s and 90s and at that time you know the bellagio went up and they were traveling to Europe a lot and so they have this idea even though now we've all moved past that and from a design standpoint they still have that in their mind so you have to sort of educate euphoria them euphoria for that or yeah like, they're, they're nostalgic
1: for it because of a good time in their life and an experience. they were the young and that's when you know okay
0: wait a minute listen I grew up in the San Fernando Valley in the <laughs> 1980s in a low-slung ranch with rocks on the ceiling, I, with rocks on the roof. I don't want rocks going on the roof anymore. I don't know why they <laughs> ever did that. I, I don't there know are people that really love rocks yeah, on the I roof. <laughs> that whole
2: Paul Springs <laughs> <Roy's laughs> movement, yeah. preserving the the you know rock, roofs, rock yeah. roofs, and all of that really interesting mid-century architecture. So there, I mean, there's a place for everything. We also um, we we will show them you know books of architecture like I mentioned Wallace Neff We'll we'll show them. Um,
1: we kind of heard them in a direction. Yeah, wh- what's appropriate. Of, this, for th- is, this is what's going on right now. Do you really want to put your money for something that's not uh, in that? And they listen. And it kind of works. He calls me a soul crusher because I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I cut to the chase. I'm like, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. And You I, have to explain an, why. And, yeah, and, yeah, and then the he reasoning. sits there and he tries to fix what I, and I'm like, but for me, it's frustrating because, that whole learning curve sometimes can be very detrimental as far as cost and then you get stuck with something that was initially thought not thought out and uh, but that's one of the great things about Xander is he kinda very kindly massages it into
0: place where I'm more and I love that approach you know giving giving thought to what you mentioned Wallace Neff so it's really interesting because in Pasadena is the last wallace neff bubble house and you know you take the whole concept of of wallace neff architecture and it's 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 deep and it's it's invigorating because there are all of the different levels to it and you take the bubble house concept which is basically tantamount to a swimming pool turned upside down you know it's a it's a it's a gunite structure and it's really interesting his thought was Coming, all the GI's coming back from World War II, coming back to Southern California with no place to live because there's a housing crisis. Sound familiar? And <laughs> there, there's this housing crisis, and prices are going. So let's create. Let's just turn this well, a balloon, metal structure around it, and then gun or just the balloon, and then gunited, and then they deflate the the bladder, and you build the interior of the. They built. 30,000 of them. The intent was to build 400,000 of them. Clearly it was a terrible idea, but he died yeah. He died in the last one. But now, you know, where is the experimentation? You almost have to have it. Is, is Orange County not the place where you can experiment because you still have land available?
2: I think there is experimentation there. Um, if you look at some of the new communities that, they, that they've started to develop, um, especially Crystal Cove, the custom homes, um, they kind of see the
1: writing on the wall in the sense of the direction of you need to have diversity and a, a breadth of di- Change of the direction that they're going to
2: the floor plans are really interesting You have a complete indoor outdoor living experience now with the nano walls from from the moment that you open the front door um, we, we have clients homes over there that we're working on where you open the front door and you're in a courtyard That looks through the house with a nano door and then there's a live an interior living area and then there's another nano door and then there's the infinity pool and then there's the view of the ocean. So you just look right through the house and it's um, this mass vast expanse. Of living area, that's complete indoor outdoor experience. So this is the kind of experimentation that I think is is happening there.
1: And it kind uh, of to, to interject it, it, some of these model homes that get built up over there it, it helps us in a way because we just had a client I want to say eight or nine months ago bought a plot of land for 10.5 million just the land alone in Crystal Cove, and they're envisioning this uh, like French Baroque. Type architecture meets Spain meets California pretty much heavy-handed and um, we're like listen you need to look at the arch- this look is at the one view of the examples of guiding them yeah and and uh, so uh, sometimes people are very visual in the sense that even if you tell them show them draw it it doesn't make any sense to them but if they walk a space with a similar price point and uh, vantage point and everything they kinda it clicks right there for them and we took them uh, two streets up with just this model home that just opened up and it was going for thirteen point five million they see it they love it and now they want to do the verbatim copy and I'm like well no, no 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 we need to like not go this way not go that way have a, a you know have your voice expressed into the architecture of the house however um, it needs to have a little bit of diversity and more uh, modernism, modernization. So we can kind of mix the two, uh, and kind of come with a nor- a natural approach. To them. I think,
2: I think you can do any style of design, um, and somehow make it fresh and and clean. Um, I, I'm not sure how to articulate it into words or describe it. But for example, we have a project we're working on right now in Pelican Ridge, and it's it's uh, when was the home built
1: Two th- I think 2006 no maybe I'm sorry 2003 I believe
2: so this is the kind of community where you've already had sort of a generation of home ownership and it's starting to change over so the community is sort of aging and it's sort of at that point where it's right for um, remodel and interior designers to come in with the second homeowners And these homes are huge, and they have gorgeous views of the ocean, great lots, beautiful, um, uh, um, mature landscaping. And the homeowners love really opulent kind of feeling and design. They love crystal. They love gold. They love... Y- y- you know, high sheen tones, materials, which are lots of stone. Also,
1: it's not like something that they're pulling out of the air. And, and we have been really blessed to have incredible clients. They're really understanding and caring and loving. They've become like part of our yeah, family. Yeah, we always become like family yeah. to them. Knock on wood, I don't want to jinx Yeah,
2: <laughs> But there, you can do all of that. And I think if you do it in a really edited way, it's still relevant and really beautiful um, and somehow fresh and kind of modern. You can mix it's about I just read something in the recent Arc Digest about the the only way to really truly design a home is to live in it for years and it takes time to design it. Well, as designers, we don't live in the home, so you have to assemble it and have that vision um, you know early on. Um, so I don't know I think so, so much of of designing is editing and and what you don't put in right and um we, we tell our clients all the time you know you're not you're not necessarily paying us to specify and select things you're te- we're you're paying us for us to tell you what not to do what big mistake yeah, not to make you know in a, in a lot of cases
1: to prevent uh, like a, a catastrophe from occurring of like oh yeah. i love this i love this i love this put it all in one room and like, oh my god that's w- <laughs> what just happened here yeah what uh, just happened but and uh, having the the backdrop of uh, the knowledge of One of Xander's like wheelhouses is product development, Uh, being able to understand size, scale, uh, production of how it's made, manufactured
2: surface materials, surface
1: materials, and how they kind of play together really also has a tremendous impact and is very beneficial.
0: Backing up a a minute, because you you mentioned product development, I want to talk to you a little bit about brand development. So that is a huge part of what you have to do. How, how do you manage the brand development side of what you do? Do you advertise? Do you market? How do you keep up with social media? And, and I'll tell you where all this came from. After doing this for five years and having so many conversations with creatives, designers and architects, and doing a, a sort of a down and dirty audit, audit uh, based on what everyone tells me they spend their time doing, on average, The average creative designer or architect, you're spending about 110% of the time allocated for work on your business. So that means that 10% of your time on average is coming from personal time, travel time, something else. So how do you manage the business from a brand development side? How How do you manage social? How do you get... How do you manage... Going for editorial coverage. How do you manage doing design houses? Is that part of what your firm does? Is that even what you want to do? I think
2: that w- we took an approach where you know, we named the business Xander Nouri, and this was kind of an approach of a um, I- embodying the the lifestyle, creating a lifestyle brand, and that's centric to the way we live our life, um, the things that w- that we like, where we travel, what we're doing and that kind of has worked for us especially with social media where it's kind of about the journey um so much of our clients now are more about the experience everything is about an experience now if it it, you know and and it really spans the gamut from uh, millennials
1: especially to with our younger clients to the which is really fun it's like uh, uh, one of our clients um they have uh they have two kids I want to say uh, 10 years younger than us but I understand them to a T and it's so much I have incredible time with their parents They're they're such yeah. incredible energy and really uh, sweet kind caring good-hearted people and then their kids are just like them but, uh, younger versions and right. they they kind of get the direction that we're trying to take the project to and it's uh, so at another layer of we
2: heart. always I know a lot of design firms now, they keep everything sort of really buttoned up and they don't, they don't really shop with their clients. They bring their clients into their studio. They give them a presentation. Nothing is really labeled. Um, And this is, this is a way for them to really protect the industry and protect what they're doing and just sell them their service and their design sensibility. And I get all of that. But we take our clients out, we shop with them, they see everything that we see. Um, you know we're showing them we, we we when we are going out, we have sort of a, an itinerary and and places and things that we're that we're showing them specifically, but they like the experience
1: and one other thing it kind of helps again, going back to pushing them in a direction that they're not normally comfortable with, exposing them to different things kind of helps them understand what we're saying and opens their eyes to a different vantage point and as far as um, to just throttle back to what you said about social media and all that stuff yeah we take an active part We we'll, we we get their input on it we get what well what do you think can we take a picture we do things on the spot uh, right then and there with them. And it does consume a lot of our time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so
2: our social media, if you if you follow it, it's going to be, um, you know, in the live stories, it's going to be, hey, we're at a job site this morning. We're meeting with our client. Or, hey, I'm in, I'm in Vietnam in a factory and we're developing this product. Or, um, you know, it's very in real time and just kind of of the moment and what we're doing. It's um, not really
1: planned, which is... Sometimes to our detriment because... Yeah, I, I
2: see other people's uh, marketing. Curated, and, uh, perfect, Yeah, everything gorgeous. is very, very... <laughs>
1: and we're like sloppy and all over the yeah, place. Yeah, but it's just all authentic. All you get a picture of uh, uh, one of my daughters and you have one of this. You know, it's like kind of schizophrenic, but I, I feel like it's more natural.
2: Yeah, it's just authentic mm-hmm. to us and what we're doing. And um, so... We, I think we have a lot to learn in that area. I would like to really we don't have grow, a, you know, and understand, you know, how to. Um, we're a
1: kind of a one-stop shop. We do everything ourselves.
2: Yeah, eventually, probably we'll work with some with some great agencies, and we'll, you know, develop um, more
0: editorial and all of that. But yeah, um, how many jobs, how many projects do you guys think you work on on an average year?
1: This year we have uh, we have four developments. So we have two. It's kind of really three avenues. We have interior design residential. Uh, we have the product development side of it. Uh, we have uh, development projects. So uh, where we're smallest is like nine units. The largest that we've worked on in the past and like thirty. Uh, 30 units. We've worked on 35 units, but really uh, what we do is we specify everything in it. And actually, we, we just were on a job site yesterday and we've been wanting to post something about it. <laughs> we put up all our signs that, you know, uh, the outside of the yeah, construction. Yeah, it's exciting. Zone. It's really exciting um, that we pick uh, hard materials and stuff like that. And we have uh, uh, something that we work with contractors directly and we don't do any interior like furnishings with. Then we have the interior design side of it, which we try to get one to two projects so we can spend more time with the yeah, clients. Yeah,
2: and they're large projects, so it takes a lot of time.
1: He thinks a so. lot. They're they're, kind of, uh, they're more medium-sized of like four to 5,000 square feet. Generally, they'd be like four to $5 million Newport Coast area, but at least it, it helps. It's, uh, a, it's, a, it's different
0: than the other project he was describing. All right, so a couple of final questions for you guys. First being, what are, you, what are you, this being summer, 2018, going into you know fall and winter, what are you guys crushing on right now?
2: <laughs> uh, the fall. I'm ready for the fall. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, we have had the great opportunity of going to a bunch of shows recently. We're just at Salona de Moble in Milan, and we go to High Point
1: twice a year. We've been... We have a um, collection of furniture with Theodore Alexander uh, currently that's um, doing, it's, it's doing pretty well. And I- internationally, I know it's getting more emphasis on. Um, uh, so. But for trends,
2: um, coming back from the shows, I think that I've, I'm seeing a trend that's really fun right now, which is um. Um, French. And, um, you know, tassels and... D- Textures too,
1: yeah. like suede and velvets and...
2: U- using this kind of, these, these traditional kind of um, techniques in a modern way. And so we're seeing that. Um, it, for example, when we were in, um, in Milan, there's this area called the Brea District. And there was the Bottega Veneta showroom there in this oh amazing old was, world kind of building. It's a, it's a
1: villa. It's a Bottegaven villa that that's there. And they have these Mazons all over the place for these name brands. But that was like a mental orgasm of beauty. <laughs> it was just such an... It's, you, you just really can't phenomenal. believe all the trompe l'oeil that they have in the walls and all the, the, the fringe and the leather and the way they applied the craft of... Bag making into furniture was right. it's gobsmacking. So we ha- so there was this kind of
2: juxtaposition of the old world environment with all the sort of trompe loy on the walls and this old Italian villa, and then you have all the Bottega Veneta um, modern furniture that's low and loungy and a lot of fringe and woven textural things. So that was really inspiring. It came out of there just like mind blown, and it has it's still affected me and and everything that we're
1: doing also we're, we're we haven't announced it officially but we are going to be doing uh, um, a small little project of lighting so we're going to be lighting launching our a lighting collection for ourselves which i'm very excited about yeah. and wanting to really pumped up about that because it's a fresh new perspective on some everything. really fun fun lighting
2: uh decorative lighting um other trends color uh, materials um I'm seeing a lot of I mean we still have blush, blush and nude that's still happening. Other people call it sort of like the millennial
1: pink, but um which you have two different perspectives. Some people just <laughs> hate it and other people like me who I'm a mill- millennial love seem to love it. So <laughs> but coming coming back from the shows again uh Deco Off in Paris,
2: I because that show is so different in terms of um, what products are, are launched that 's more of a textile show, and you get like Dar and fray and, and all of these companies that are showing their new uh, collections. So that was in January and'm the colors are still in my mind from all of that you've got They were showing a lot of jewel tones, juxtaposed, really light pastel colors so it's kind of this serious mood that's next to something not so serious and, and, I, and I love that because I, I, we live in California so our color palettes here are always a little bit sun drenched and a little bit washed out um, but I love a good Parisian or like East Coast rich palette uh, and, and so mixing it's nice we
1: had the privilege of going there with uh, the Needler Fauché group and we went to uh, we, we, they do an incredible curation of all the different shows and everything and places to stop and all the talks and the displays are incredible. They're having their 10th anniversary in January. We're heading back there. And to give you perspective on the two, Paris is very uh, metropolitan in a way. It's like going to a beautiful curated contemporary museum uh, of art that's, It's like uh, visual uh, energy. And when you go to Salone des Mobile it's just... A buzzing party of fun, <laughs> where we would sleep like three hours a night and wake oh up fully charged. I don't even dinner. know how we did that. Yeah, and it, it was just a whole different ball of
2: it's wax. It's the water. It's the water in, in yeah, Italy. The air,
0: the, the, the moisture <laughs> in the air. So, are you gonna you're gonna go to Salone again next year? We're
2: planning yeah, on I it. To. Yeah, I, I mean, it's so inspiring. I would I would just recommend everyone to go. Yeah, I know. We, I, we came back so invigorated and infusing all of that inspiration into our projects and seeing materials, new materials, uh, you know, things used in a different way. Um, we, I that, mean, uh, we just don't think that way here. We, and we've
1: had an interesting past year. Too. We were in Vietnam, Hong Kong, China. Uh, we were in Iran. We were, um, uh, we, also we were in Paris. Um, uh, kind of all over the type of things. But the two things that really stuck out to us, uh, that we felt he is in love with Vietnam as always. Um, <laughs> Hong Kong was one of them. Paris is uh, some place that. Uh,
2: yeah, having family that lived in travel,
1: uh, right. uh, La Défense outside of Paris and being able to be exposed to that whole thing was incredible. But Milan was so much energy, which I, I've never. I've, it made me feel so young, and I'm 31 years old. So I mean, imagine how <laughs> so, For example, let me just. I just want to hit on something.
2: We're very inspired by travel. We, our, our entire furniture collection with Theodore Alexander is inspired by travel and uh, everything from Europe, the Mediterranean, through the Silk Road. We took back um, colors and, and motifs and architectural elements from, from um, you know, the gardens in Shanghai and parts of Esfahan and infused them into modern silhouettes and modern furniture. Um, the color palettes were inspired by those areas, too, the Silk Road, the Mediterranean. We had azure blue from the Mediterranean. We had um, rose water, smoke. So it was, it was very culturally inspired. And um, it's not just um, going to a place, but it's absorbing everything when you're there, from the food, to the, the smells, um, the colors. You know, Everything is different. The sunlight is different. And we're very inspired by that. So.
0: that's awesome that's <laughs> great when you talk about Paris are you going to go to Maison? Um,
1: so we have been at uh, Maison Objet before we loved it the last time we were supposed to go, but uh, we ended up taking uh, the girls out to the flea market instead on the same day that we're uh, scheduled there. But hopefully, yeah, this year There's we'll too be much able to go. do. There is. And, and then we went to Versailles. Yeah, we took them the to. day v- v- that we could have gone. Yeah, <laughs> we, and they, they loved that. And uh, the, um, the, uh, Soraya turns around and tells me, This is like Princess Sophia's house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll go
2: with that. And, uh, so, But we should. I mean, there's so much to see at the Maison Show
0: cool Um, and what we'll do is if you check if you're listening to the podcast you can check the podcast notes where they will find your website probably some social as well all right excellent thank you so
1: much thank you so much for giving us the opportunity such a pleasure thanks you guys this was fun
0: convo by design is proud to be working with Vondom furniture design culture It's the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Van pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamor that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Van products are simple and elegant contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass and metal designs are unique and they beg to be enjoyed. They search the planet for the right designers that embody the Van Damme spirit and work together to create remarkable pieces into an exclusively Van Damme mode of expression. And if you haven't seen Van Damme before, you can check them out in uh, some of the Convo by Design videos you'll find on our YouTube channel. But you can find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in LA. Or online at vondam.com.